We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Talk defense, Vince. Let's hand out some hardware for the Notre Dame defense. Hardware, baby. Let's have some fun with this. All right. The first two, I think, are going to be kind of easy, I I think, Vince. I mean, they are for me anyway. Um, (laughs) I know you're going to go a different direction with some guys just because you're going to force some things. But let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) Force some things. Breakout player for Notre Dame this year. Who was the breakout player for Notre Dame? So I don't know. You're probably not going to agree with me here, but I don't care. I need to define a place for Xavier Watts. Yeah, I did too, and but not here. <laughs> Such a jerk. For me, this is where Xavier Watts fits the best mm-hmm. because I feel like, you know, you and I love Xavier Watts as far as what he's able to do on the football field. And we both had high aspirations for him to be – an offensive player. I still I want him he, a receiver. I, I know. I still, still want him a receiver. When they moved him to receiver, I was super excited. And I, you know, all of these different things. And then they just kind of abandoned that experiment. And, and it's it's whatever. Anybody who says Xavier Watts is not a starting safety going into next year doesn't know how to watch defense. I'm sorry. Xavier Watts is a starter on this defense. And he's the only person on this team that I think is a starter at safety at the moment. At the very present. Like he has his spot etched in stone the other one we'll see what happens right he he is and i don't think people realize that that's what he was going to be he was kind of a forgotten man going into the season defensively because if he was starting they're not bringing him over to offense they're not even trying that experiment because he was getting lost in the shuffle in the preseason at safety they're like well let's try him out on offense we need numbers over there at wide receiver now that uh, Avery Davis is down and all these different things. And he's like, dude, I am, I'll do whatever the team needs me to do, but I'm still a dude. And yeah. he showed that as the season wore on, he got more and more playing time at each game that came. He's a starter at safety. I'm sorry. He is the etched in stone starter at safety going into 23. So he is, he's not my biggest surprise and he's not your biggest surprise, you know, that kind of a thing, but he's a breakout player. He went from lost in the shuffle to starter. That's breakout to me. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. That's a fine way. You can you can look at it that way. I think that's fair. The way you explain it is fair. I do. I think it's fair. I, I have to go with Benjamin Morrison here. Technically, you could say he wasn't a breakout because he was a freshman and he didn't have a previous season and all that. But I mean, the kid, the kid played. People, he was a freshman All American. I watched a lot of football this year. He was one of the ten best cornerbacks I saw in college football. Sure, this year. Uh, forget freshman wise, he was a stud. And South Carolina literally avoided him the entire game. And they threw at him once. Pick. And got picked, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and and he had he had some big moments, and I, I'm not going to talk too much about him here because we're going to talk about. Well, actually, you know what? Let me talk about him here because then we can move on. To the I was going to say because I got him in multiple categories you know, moving and, and forward. It was really game one. I mean, he steps up against Ohio State. He's making plays, breaks up that in cut. He's in great coverage. He he had a a couple play. You know, he got beat a couple times this year, which is going to happen. But like the Syracuse game is a perfect example, Vince. Comes out and they're picking on him early. Gives up the touchdown pass. Gets called for pass interference. And then what does he do in the second half? Just locks him down. Just completely locks him down. And you know they they try going at him. And remember he was the guy in coverage on that interception that got got negated because they called um, I forget they called some kind of defensive penalty offsides or something. And he picks that he bats that ball in the end zone that Brandon Joseph picked off. You remember that against Syracuse in the second half? That was Morrison in coverage. He was just a he was just an outstanding player for them, and and we'll talk about him more again in a little bit. But let's let's quickly do the newcomer, and then we can get your thoughts on Benjamin Morrison because he's my pick for newcomer of the year award, and I know he's yeah, yours, of course. So you know, just give you a chance to talk about Benjamin Morrison. I mean, how could Benjamin Morrison not be the newcomer of the year? I mean, yes, that involves transfers, and yes, that involves uh, true freshmen, and going into the fall, going into fall camp. I know he was still high on your list. But everybody was talking about Jaden. He wouldn't have been my pick. He would have. It'd have been Mickey or Brandon Joseph, right? Just because Benjamin was not the early enrollee and Jaden was really good in the spring and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, he would not have been my pick. Now you know he's my pick to be. I mean, I had him top hundred player, five star upside. I've said he's a first round talent and all this, but I didn't expect him to be this good right away. I did right. 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 I'd be so, lying if I said I did, Vince. And 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 that's the thing. I mean, he 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 outkicked the coverage on everybody. I mean, he was just he was just so good. And I mean, there's no way that you couldn't pick him. Like I was, I was going, you know, I, I was scouring YouTube for like top plays of the year and different things like that. And they were all they were all Benjamin Morrison. Like right. it was. I mean, and and the the picks that he had were in such big moments yeah. too. Like it wasn't just he didn't he didn't load up on. You know, like the New Mexico's of the world, and or or uh, hail Marys at the end of the first half of a game of the UNLV game or something like that. Exactly, like he he got him in the biggest moments. Clemson, you know, I mean, it 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 was just they were BC the same way. You know, you you you, you, your offense doesn't get points that first drive. BC gets the ball. You pick the pass off. You give them you give them room. BC hits a big play. They go deep. They beat uh, who? They beat Tariq Gracie on a deep ball, right? And then they go right at him in the end zone. I mean, that game was what fourteen nothing. They score right there. All of a sudden, it's fourteen seven, and sure. we're we're in a ball game again. And he picks it off. I mean, so yeah. And then you know the second the sec, the one in the second quarter against South Carolina. If they don't throw a pick there, they're still you know got to maybe a shot to go down to score. So yeah, you're right. His the plays he made this year, Vince, were meaningful. They weren't oh, garbage. They weren't racking huge. up crappy opponent or end of half like people to get like a guy had 10 sacks yeah but like four of them were like on third and 19 and right two more were at the end of the game and like guy really wasn't a great pass rusher yeah that's not the case yep. for benjamin morrison this year yep i completely agree so it i mean it's it's ben morrison i mean <laughs> he's just so good and it's i mean how nice is it just to have a lockdown corner no names have good yeah. corners don't get me wrong julian love you know, all, all the guys that we've taught, they're all good corners. They're, they're, and they're playing in the NFL. They're really good corners. Mm-hmm. But just to have a lockdown dude. Right. Notre Dame hasn't had that in a really long time. Right. And that is so – like, to, and to know that he's going to be here for at least another two years yeah. makes me feel even better about the situation. Yeah. So I, it, it's got to be Ben Morrison. 
Let's go with best big man, Vince. This is a defensive lineman or a linebacker. Uh, you could have just said defensive lineman because there's no way, like, it, we're picking a linebacker. So but let's go best. If I would have picked a linebacker, you'd have been mad at me. Is that what you might have asked? You might have. You your connection <laughs> might have gone out, um, and you might not have been able to finish the show. That's fair. Unfortunately, yeah, That'd be fair. That would be a lot. Best big be man. Fair. Well, I you know this one was. I will say that overall. I expected more out of the defensive line this year than what we got a lot more. And that's disappointing to me because I thought that the defensive line was going to be a real strength of this team. Now they, they were still a really good part of this team, but I don't know if and they at were times the they were shoulders. really good, right? They, I don't know that they were head and shoulders, the best group on the field, you know what I mean? For the year. So, uh, so this was a little bit difficult uh, if I'm being honest with you. And I think I might've given this award based more on a career than a season. And I gave it to Isaiah Foskey, who obviously is the all-time sack leader at Notre Dame. So for me, it was hard to go away from him and nobody else stood out to me from an individual cool. standpoint to take over that mantle. Yeah. I don't, I don't think this, I don't think you should look at this as a career award, Vince. I think it was still a, look, was he as good this year as he was last year? No. But the guy still finished with 14 tackles for loss and 11 sacks right. and had some clutch moments. He wasn't as clutch he as he was last year, but he had some clutch moments. There was no question he was their best defensive lineman. I just think it's it was one of those maybe he wasn't as good as we hoped he would be. Yeah. But that was across the board. Jason Adamiola wasn't as good as I'd hoped he would be. Justin Adamiola wasn't as good as I hoped he would be. You know, I think Riley Mills is one of the more underrated players in the D-line. He's the new whipping boy that, like, he'll never get credit for when he makes plays, but right. he, he always gets ripped on if he doesn't, you know, even when he de- doesn't actually do anything wrong. I thought Howard Cross, after the first three, four games, had a chance to win this award. He was their best defensive lineman yeah. for a few, few games, but then he, he did what we kind of expected Howard Cross to do as a starter, which is wear down. Sure. You know, uh, but it was really a disappointing season from the defensive line. It was uh, overall. It was, and Isaiah Foskey was clearly their best player. There's, there's no question. The next one, there's going to be some debate on Vince okay. because I'm going to kind of pull a Vince on this one. Yeah. The next is the best skill player. Okay. This could be a rover or a defensive back. So uh, we went with there, Vince. Who is your pick for the best skill player? I. This is the. I, unfortunately, the defense for me is kind of a Ben Morrison award show, and I, I had to go with Ben Morrison. He's the top skill player. He was the guy that I thought when a play needed to be made in a big moment, it felt like he was making that big play. And uh, I. Yes, he's a true freshman, but he's my he's my top skill player. I'm going a different direction. I'm going Cam Hart. Now, oh. Cam Hart's going to get a lot of criticism because of how bad he was in the opener and because he had that boneheaded play against North Carolina. But if you go back and watch Cam Hart at the end of the year, number one, I'm making this choice because I don't want this to be the Benjamin Morrison Award show. Okay? That's fair. Number two, uh, I, I think that this is a way for me to give some credit to Cam Hart because I don't think people realize after a ba- after the North Carolina game, Cam Hart was really good. And the reason that people don't realize that is for the same reason that people think that Braden Lindsay stunk because you never saw him. But the reason you never saw him is because nobody would throw at him. Agreed. Like teams avoided him all year after the North Carolina game. Nobody was willing to throw at Cam. And his coverage was outstanding. He was locking dudes down. He's part of the reason that Clemson, that, that Benjamin Morrison had the production he had was because teams kept throwing at him. And and just to put some context into how good Benjamin Moore, how good Cam Hart was this year, okay? Because because again, he's another one of those guys that for whatever reason has become like the new whipping boy by some Notre Dame fans, which is really odd. Some of the choices that that y'all make for your for your new whipping boys, and I don't know if it's as much as our chat as as it, as it is the people on Twitter who are just kind of insane. Uh, but Benjamin Cam Hart this year, Vince, in twelve games. Gave up 22 completions on 44 attempts for 240 yards. Julian Love, in his All-American season, gave up almost as many completions as Cam Hart had attempts against him the entire year. (laughs) Teams threw at Cam Hart 44 times this year. Julian Love gave up 42 completions in 2018, the year he was a consensus All-American. 
Okay, so you you look at that number, and then you look at the fact that Julian gave up 413 yards that year, and you say, okay, that that's impressive. And and Cam gave up 240 yards this year, gave up 54 in in what's he one two three four. About 20% of those came in the Ohio State game where he did not play well against Ohio State. Did not. was I, I think the, the hamstring was in his head. He was grabby. He wasn't doing what he normally can do, and he didn't play well. After that, he had two bad plays, and he was really good the rest of the year. But Cam Hart this year was, was really good for Notre Dame. Again, he gave up 22 completions this whole season. Julian Love never in his entire career gave up that fewer completions. And the lowest he had was as a freshman, he gave up 25. And that's because he played a lot fewer snaps than Cam did this past season. So uh, Cam Hart this year was absolutely brilliant this season and played in 336 coverage snaps this year, gave up 22 receptions. And opponents only completed 50% of their throws against him. For uh, for more context, Julian Love, the year he was an All-American, gave up 53.2% completion rate. Now, the year before, he was much better in completion, 43.6. But, again, he got thrown at 83 times. 83 Ooh. times. And Cam Hart got thrown at 44 times this year. That And this is a guy that got thrown at 66 times last year, right? So this, the message was out. Don't throw at number five. So then what did people choose to do? Let's throw at 20. And they learned to regret it. And it's not a coincidence that when when – if you look at uh, Benjamin Morrison in the last two games, it kind of changed a little bit, right? Against USC and uh, South Carolina. He didn't get targeted all that much. And you ask yourself why? Well, there's no Cam Hart. And so teams were like, well, we don't have to throw at 20 now. So they started picking on other people. And if you look at Benjamin Morrison, Vince, which is crazy, the last two games of the year, he gave up, he was only thrown at four times. Most of the year, I mean, coming into that game, he got thrown at six times against Boston College. He got thrown at uh, zero times against Navy. It's a different deal. 13 times against Clemson, five times against Syracuse, six times against UNLV, five times against Stanford. These are individual games, Vince. He got thrown at four times combined the last four games, and he gave up nine receiving yards in the last four games, Benjamin Morrison. Why? Because you didn't have number five on the other side right. to avoid. Could, to, so you could you could go at somebody else. Right. And so I think that speaks volume. So, yes, Benjamin Morrison was was absolutely brilliant this year. But, you know, Cam Hart was pretty flipping good, too. And so I'm going best skill player just to shout out how good Cam Hart was. I don't think I like people it. realize that. You know what I like, too? I was talking to a source that that's very close to Cam. And, and the source was explaining to me why Cam was choosing to come back. And the biggest reason why was Benjamin's breakout. And, and I, I was like, okay, explain that to me because you're, you're thinking like, uh, he's like, no, because he knows that next year teams can't avoid him the way that they did this year with Benjamin on the other side. Like once Benjamin broke out, it's like, you're going to have to throw at me now. And remember that one time Syracuse tried to throw at him. He almost caught a pick six. You know what I mean? This is going to forget that. We're going to go with somebody else. We're going to go back to Morris and they kept picking on Benjamin again. And, and that didn't work out well, but. He wants to be part of a great cornerback tandem, but he didn't want to be part of a situation where he just never gets thrown at the whole year. Yeah, right. And and so that's played a role into him coming back, which I think the injury to the shoulder was the final straw that, yeah, I need to come back now. But he, I was told he was leaning towards coming back even before that because of Benjamin Morrison's breakout. Love that. So, uh, and, and you know, knowing that you can't avoid me now, <laughs> and if you do avoid me, we're going to make you pay for it because my boy over there is going to lock you down. Well, just think about the fact that they're going to have two lockdown corners yeah. going into next year. Yeah. Two. Yeah. Ah, good luck, everybody. Yep. Good luck. Can't wait. I want, I, you know what? I, it's going to be that, that's going to be, you want to talk about matchups to watch? How about the matchups to watch about Ohio State's wide receivers versus Notre Dame's corners next year? That's going to be fun. Yes, that's yes, going to be, and and I think fun. it's going to make them both better. Absolutely, no, absolutely, and I'm not saying Notre Dame's going to win that matchup, but I am saying that that's going to be one heck of a matchup, and that's going to be so much fun to watch. And I get to actually watch, well, well, well watch it in person at Notre Dame Stadium. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Hopefully, I they're going to be to tested again next year. You got USC's receivers, you got Ohio State's on. receivers. 
you know, you're going to have, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a lot fun. of fun. So yeah, awesome. I, I think that's a great pick though. I mean, everybody knows my affinity for Cam Hart. So yep. I, <clears throat> I love watching him play. I love the way he played this year. And I thought he was, you know, it was like beating my head against a wall to bring up how well Cam Hart was playing yeah. like, throughout the year. Cause everybody yep. was, Oh, what are you talking about? You know, that kind of a thing. It was just like, thank you for doing that because that. And, and in the chat, Gene Allen said, you know, that he, another name he brought up was Tariq Bracey. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't absolutely. think people realize how good Notre Dame's corners were when Tariq, Cam, and Benjamin were all healthy. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> you could not throw on this team. There's yes. a reason they rank so high in throwing the football, despite who they played this season. Right. Because once Benjamin emerged as the dude, you started to see, like, okay, this team is going to be really hard to throw the football on. Yeah. Really hard to throw the football on. So I uh, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed watching them both. And 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 we'll, we'll talk more about Tariq here in a little bit. But – Best skill player. Here's one that's a little tougher for me, Vince. Best leader of the defense. This was a little tougher, not because there were so many good options like there was on defense, offense. I think the opposite for me is is kind of we have the same pick, but it, this was this was no, not was as, as this was not this one discouraged me a little bit. I'm going to be honest with you. It, it, it was harder, but I think at the end of the day through all the crap that JD Bertrand was the best leader on defense. And I think, I think there were some, some picks, some opportunities. I think both Adam Alola's, you know, were kind of in the mix as far as somebody to pick uh, when it was all said and done. I don't know. I think, honestly, I think Cam Hart's a hell of a leader too. Uh, If, you know, we just got done talking about Cam Hart. I think he's a heck of a leader. I, I think playing the position that JD plays, I think, the manner in which he plays kind of put him above everybody else. It's it's almost easier to be a leader when you're in the middle of the defense like that. But I, I think he's a really good leader. And I think that's one of the reasons that he was on the field as much as he, as he was, was because of his leadership. So for me, it was JD. That was mine too. And look, JD didn't always play as well as you wanted him to. I think JD played a lot better than, than a lot of people give him credit for. Uh, he was not good, as, as good as he needs to be, but he was their best linebacker by far this season of the of the starters. But there's no doubting his leadership, uh, in in play, in in off the field. You know, I think I think Justin Adamiola would be the of the brothers would be the one that I would probably go with as maybe my next guy. Yeah, but honestly, with some of the, I mean Isaiah Foskey, I don't mean to rip the kid, but. He didn't show me great leadership this year with, with what we saw on the field, with what we saw, what I heard behind the scenes. Like I was just a little disappointed there. Brandon Joseph was a captain in Northwestern. I saw very little leadership there on the field and, and off of it. It really came down to the, the, the you know, JD Bertrand was that dude for Notre Dame. And, and it really wasn't close, but the fact yeah. that it wasn't that close it's, and it's not because JD's Manti, that's what made it a little disappointing for me. Yeah. You know, and and why I was was hoping that there'd be more guys to kind of step up and battle for that, and there just there really weren't. And that I, was slow bummer. I I do like uh, I will I'll throw this up here just because I think it is somewhat accurate. Bo Bauer, if yeah. he hadn't gotten hurt, I think he would have been on the short list for leadership on the defensive side. As Possibly, well. I, I think that's yeah. A, he's def he was know. definitely that guy on special teams, Vince. Like yeah. if we were doing a yeah. special teams leadership award, it definitely would have been Bo for that one. I mean, he was. I mean, he was a captain for and look. He was out there at midfield in the bowl game. What does it say about a, a, a you know yet Avery and Bo out there at, at midfield? Now part of it was because Foskey and Mayer were captains that weren't in the game, but I think it says a lot about both of those guys that they sure. were that they were out there even though they were hurt. Yeah. So I um you know I uh, I was impressed. I was impressed with his leadership, and I was impressed with the fact that JD struggled early and didn't allow it to snowball and become a bigger problem. And he That's, didn't allow the yeah. the targeting issues where he got kicked out of two games of targeting to kind of force him to press. I mean, those were kind of boneheaded things. At least one of them was. But I'm, I'm I went with JD on this one, it, and it, it really wasn't that close. Vince, agreed. Let's have let's let's go here. Let's go with your uh, comeback ah. player of the year. I. This one's really hard for me. And I know who I picked, and I don't know that I want to stick with that pick, but the problem is I can't come up with anybody else. Okay, let me give mine because I don't want okay. you to embarrass like get yourself like where you say something and people like come at you. Okay? I know, that's what I'm saying. I know I who know. your pick is. Let me go with this one. Okay. I'm going Clarence Lewis. 
And here's why I'm going Clarence, because Clarence was solid this year. He was not great. He was solid. But he was really bad last year at times. Like, really struggled at times last year. Every big game, like, teams would just go right at Clarence. And part of it was because they put him in a position he shouldn't have been in. They were asking him to be – Notre Dame's 2021 coaches had to ask because of who they who else they had. Sure. They needed Cl- Clarence Lewis to be Benjamin Morrison, and he's not. And there's a reason he got beat out. But here's the thing for me. He was steady. He got beat a couple times. He had to give up the touchdown against North Carolina, gave up the touchdown against South Carolina. But he was really steady this year. He took getting benched. I mean, he did. He flat out got benched. There's no other way to spin that, right? Then he got benched. He got beat out by a freshman. There's no other way to spin that. But he didn't get down. He didn't pout. He said, hey, whatever my role is going to be, he was a very solid pony outside, had a huge interception against Navy, which kind of helped somewhat Notre Dame get the distance they needed to hold off the, the second half comeback. Had some really nice tackles this year. And – when guys got hurt, stepped up. I mean, yeah. look, by the end of the – by the fourth – here's the deal. In the fourth quarter against Clem, against South Carolina, Notre Dame didn't have Cam Hart or Benjamin Morrison on the field. Neither one of them were there. They were both hurt. And Clarence had to step up and be that dude in the boundary. And guess what? He gave up the touchdown pass, right? But they tried to go back at him again, and he was he locked it down. He did a really nice job filling in the slot when they needed him to fill in the slot. So, to me – he was my comeback player because of just how bad he was last year. Uh, and, and just, you know, talk about a guy you talk about in season to go from benched to a really key ingredient to, Hey, whatever my role go. is coach, let me know. I'll like do that. it. You know, you don't see a lot of guys, especially at that position. Mm-hmm. That's a position where you tend to get the biggest egos. If we're going to be real about it. Right. And, and Clarence Lewis was, was one of those kids that showed no ego this year. It's hey yeah, I got beat out by a kid. It's, Pretty good. What 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 do you need me to do, Coach? What yeah. what what's my role? Let let whatever I need to do to help, I'm gonna be there to help. And that's what we saw from Clarence this year. And I'm gonna give him a lot of props for that. Is he a great player? No. I'm gonna have a lot to say about Clarence this offseason because I think Clarence could be a key to next year's secondary, but it's mm-hmm. not a corner. I agree. And we'll with talk you. about that. But I got a lot of respect for the kid because he took what happened to him in stride. He never lost confidence from how bad he was last year, and he kept battling. And that says a lot to me, Vince. So did I give you enough cover to say you're going to roll with me, or are you? Going I'm not still... rolling with you. I'm going somebody completely different. Okay, but you're not going with your original. I'm not going thing, with my original. Okay, thank God. Yeah, I couldn't. I, I just because that was the first one that came to mind, but I can't go with that. I for obvious reasons, and I'm not even going to get into it because people are still going to yell at me. So, good call. I, I am. There's gonna... some things you can't. You I know. Can't undo I can't, certain things, Vince. I, can't, I know. I agree with you. <laughs> I'm. I'm actually going to go with Tariq Bracy, and I say comeback, and and it's it's. It's a fine line for comeback, and I get that. But he was a part-time starter last year. And he moves himself into a full-time starter this year and really a guy that they absolutely missed when he got injured. Because you mentioned it earlier when it was Cam, Tariq, and Morrison, the th- those three out there, it was, it was a no-fly zone. Like, that was the best group. And I was I had to look up. Tariq to see if he had another year of eligibility, which he doesn't. He's played no, five th- years. This was his COVID year. Correct. Yeah. He that never had a red shirt. He literally right. played five he played all four years, and then yeah. he played this year as well. And I was like, dang it. It would have been great for him to be able to come back. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I, I just feel like going from where, you know, he was just kind of a steady, steady Eddie type of player all the way through his career. And then this year, he just became, became that dude at nickel. I mean, and they had him playing outside at times, but, you know, due to injury and some things like that. And I thought he did a good job. And so I, I'm going with Tariq Bracey here because I, I don't have him in any other category. And I felt like he needed some love uh, in this in these awards because he was an integral part of what going into the season, the secondary was a question mark. Going out of the season, the secondary is arguably the best group that was on the field. Mm-hmm. And now a lot of that has to do with Tariq Bracey. Yeah. He solidified that nickel spot in a big way. He really did. Yeah. He really did. And in his comeback, you could almost make it where it's a come it's a career comeback award. When you talk about a kid that just completely, absolutely, utterly lost his confidence to be a football yes. player in 2020. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh to come back and play the way he did this year was really and that, it was fun to watch. They started in the nickel almost every game. 
they started in the nickel, you know, and you don't do that unless you have supreme confidence, you know, in right. your secondary. So, yeah, that was that's good stuff. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Surprise player, Vince. What was your what was your not surprise player? What was your biggest surprise on defense in 2022? I'm gonna go with the positive one because my negative one I'm gonna talk about in the storyline. So what so, is your biggest surprise on defense in 2022? I, I am going with a positive one as well. My positive one was Justin Adamalola. I you know, career backup. Still a backup, you know, going into this year, but they were able to kind of move him around because they knew that having him on the field was going to be a good thing. And I just thought that he played well the vast majority of the season. I was very, I mean, he was the, he had the second amount of, or did he lead the team in sacks last year? Or he had the second amount, right? He had the second most who, who? sacks, Justin. Yeah, Isn't second. It? Isaiah Foskey clearly led the team oh, yeah, in sacks. Yeah, that's last right. Year, okay. Yeah. So Justin had the second most sacks last year. I don't know what it was this year. But I just felt like every time a play was made, he was around the football. And mm-hmm. I just love watching that He was kid fourth play. this year, tied with his brother, behind Jordan Patojo and Riley Mills. I am on my hands and knees praying that he comes back. And I realize that's probably a pipe dream. But I really hope that Justin uses that final year of eligibility to come back. Because it went one, you know, giving him the opportunity to be the man, I, I think he can do, really do some things for this team. And that would be such a hole to fill if he's able to come back. So I, I really like Justin. I thought he was a big surprise for me. I, I shouldn't say a big surprise. I thought he was a surprise. I've always liked him. I thought he stepped up this year and last year, frankly, but I, I really like Justin. My surprise is Xavier Watts and, and not because he's a good player. We thought he'd be a good player, but had I told you before the year, by the end of the season, Xavier Watts will not only be a starter for Notre Dame, but will be their best safety. You'd have been like, nah, nah, I don't think so. He was <laughs> right. so productive the last two games. Just, I mean, he's got some things to learn technically. He's still, he's got to learn to take better pass to the football, some different things. But sure, man, he's just around the ball so much, and and really became a just. I mean, that that breakup he had before the fake punt, you know, that was huge. That kind of forced him, or the the fake field goal that went for a touchdown, like that was huge, man. Like that, or was it a fake punt? I forget. Did they line up to? I'd have to. I think they lined up to punt because it was their punter that threw that ball. But I thought he was also the holder, so whatever. But the fake special teams play that got the oh, touchdown. South Carolina, it was a fake yeah. field goal, and fake it field. was the punt. It, it was this, the they punter. lined up. They lined up the in such a weird alignment. I was like, are they lining up the punt? Is the well, guy, is the kicker see, on the, the field because they snapped on the ball TV, so quickly too? We all we saw was the ball in the air. Yeah, so we well, didn't even get to see how it was lined up. Like they lined up, like there was no snap. Like they snapped it. The punter was behind the center, and he caught the ball. Like they moved it to that. Uh, so look, almost like they were trying to fake a punt. It was weird. And Notre Dame was unprepared for it, but he was their best. I mean, that breakup he had to play before just to get that inside out, you know, that inside leverage on that guy, not to use his hands to interfere, to play the football. He's a really good player. I mean, you start talking about, we talked about the cornerback play for next year and how exciting it is to think about how good that could be. Yeah. You throw Xavier Watts into that conversation. You start thinking, boy, this, this secondary is going to look pretty athletic next year. And he started getting excited about it. And, oh, and so yeah. wasn't surprised that he played. I expected him to play. It was just, will they settle in on a position for him? But the surprise is just how well he played late in the year and how comfortable he looked at safety. I mean, he made impact plays against Boston College. Remember the sack? He, I think it was a sack or a tackle for loss uh, it, you know, with the snow coming in. My wife's got a great photo of that too, by the way, Vince. I'll nice. show it to you. Nice. But, uh, yeah, it's um, it, he was really good this year. 
once he finally got settled because when we forget he was splitting time a receiver in fall camp yes and early in the season because yes. they were so limited there and just did a really really nice and they job. never changed his number back to four which i thought was disappointing you know that was yeah. that was exciting to be a little single digit action and uh they stuck with 26 yeah yeah it's all it's all good it's a good safety number so that's my biggest surprise vince let's go for uh biggest We'll do most outstanding last. Let's do biggest okay. regret okay. of on defense this season. What is your biggest regret on defense? Realizing the stats might not back me up on this one. And I get that being, what, second on the team in, uh, in sacks? Third. Third, okay. It's still, for me, it's Riley Mills. I, I was expecting, especially when you do a bunch of shows with Ryan, uh, you're, you're expecting Riley Mills to be a lot better than he ended up being. And I, I just, he wasn't the impact player that I thought he was sure. steady. I don't think they used him that way though. I, I, I think I, Riley was really good this year. I, they, they didn't him allow him to rush all the time. I didn't like that. Yeah. And they didn't I, allow I him blame, to rush. I blame part of that yeah. on, on Al Washington, to be honest yeah. with you. Well, and, and Al Golden as well. And, yeah. and Al Golden, that's fine. I just, it's a regret. I, I think I, I regret the way that he was used and I regret the production that came from it. I, I that's a huge yeah. regret. So it's, it's similar for me for the offensive one where I went yeah. with Chris Tyree and the way they used him. I don't think they used him right. And it's a regret for me. So yeah. I Riley Mills is a better player than he was able to show. How about that? Yeah. I think he was a better, I think he was a better player than his production. I think if you go back, cause you talked about this, right? Whenever there was a key play, Look at how many big plays Riley Mills had this year. I mean, you could point to several games where Riley had big moment plays. I think it was more about how they used him. They did not use the big end to attack this year. They used it as a – they were basically like they were playing like a, a two-gapping 3-4 at times this year, the way that they used their, their defensive lineman, Vince. And I, that was an Al Golden, Al Washington problem to me. They did not use him the way that they used Adi Ogundiji or the past staff used Adi Ogundiji or Khalid Kareem. And it was frustrating because when they did turn Riley Mills loose, he got after the quarterback. Yeah. And we saw that with the big play he had against uh, against South Carolina at the end. It wasn't counted as a sack, but it was a pretty big play. So I thought Riley Mills is, is, is was more productive than he was given credit for this year, in my opinion. And, you know, was huge against North Carolina. Had two sacks against North Carolina. Had some big plays in that game. It just... I didn't think they turned him loose. And I think the thing for to the point you made too, is they kept putting him inside and outside and the kid hasn't mastered one position yet. Now you're trying to ask him to play like <laughs> right. three. So they'd put yeah. him in no sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it didn't make a lot of sense to me, but that is what it is. My biggest mine for this year, Vince, my biggest regret this year um, on defense is that we never saw Brandon Joseph play the way that you thought, he could play how we saw him play and, in the spring and in the fall yeah. holy crap and just really uninspired didn't look focused a lot every little thing you just kind of be out and be out for a long time and just i don't want to say much more than that but it just like did he really want to be here right that's kind of my big thing and the fact that he declared for the nfl draft is as evidence of that now i think we could have an interesting conversation on the message boards about that but like He's not right for the NFL, but that's Dude. just kind of where his mind was all year. And now yeah. he did step Especially up at the in a end. big moment, and we'll talk Especially about him in a little end. bit. But I just was very dis- very disappointed. You can even say maybe this is the biggest disappointment category, but its biggest regret is that we didn't get to see Riley Mills or, I mean, um, uh, Brandon Joseph be the guy that, that you thought he could be. That's mine. That's fair. I, I thought that was more evident to <clears throat> me second half of the season than it yeah. was the first half of the season. Yeah. So I'll just leave it at that. What uh, what is the your your top storyline? Best storyline of the season for the defense. This one is hard for me, and I you know storyline. I'm gonna go with just the I went with the up and down nature of the quarterback position on offense, and I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with the linebacking core, right? The room. I'm gonna go with the room, and just. The starters never really took that step to be like, hey, we're the starters. Stop talking about these young guys. We're here. This is our time. They never really did Mm -hmm. that. And I'm not saying they played poorly all the time. I'm not saying that at all. 
but they didn't play to the standard that they needed to to get people to stop talking about the young guys, right? And there was also times where I it didn't feel like they were coached up very well. So the, the linebackers were, were a storyline for me, and yeah. we, we were constantly hearing about the youth. We saw some of the youth in the South Carolina game, the, the ups and the downs of that youth. youth. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, of, of, you know, the younger I guys. thought you were getting ready to try to say that they were young in the position, and I, I get what oh, you're saying. I no, thought you were yeah. about to call, pull a Brian Kelly. No, uh, no. Okay. You're talking no, about no, no, the guys no. that were actually young, not the starters. I Correct. Gotcha. We I got gotcha. to see a little bit of okay. them in the bowl game, both positive and negative. They should, to your point, Jalen Sneed should have been able to work out those kinks against Cal yes. and Marshall. and Absolutely. Exactly, to where and, he doesn't make that mistake in a bowl game. Right. right. Because, though, like I said, the starters never took that step to where right. they needed to play as much as they did. I'm not yes, saying they, they should never have never earned, to me, Jack Kaiser – to a degree, but especially Amaris Lufau never right. earned the right to be the we're counting on you guy for 13 games that he Correct. was for Notre Dame. Correct. He's- they they needed to be working in some other guys. They needed to give those guys an opportunity to take that starting spot, not just give it to them because of the potential, but they never even gave them an opportunity to put film on the, you know, put film together to show that they needed to be starters. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. just the whole linebacking thing was an issue all year for me. And it was a storyline, you know, and, and going into the season, I was very, very confident in what the linebacking room was going to be. Not only because of the new talent that came in, the talent that was already there, but Al Golden literally coached linebackers in the Super Bowl. The head coach is the former linebacker coach. Like James Laurinaitis was a linebacker coach for the most part. This yeah, season. but I'm going to give him a look. This is the first year he's ever coached football. And, th- and that's fine. I'm just right? all of those different right pieces and parts that pointed to the linebacking position being one of a strength. And I'm not, I'm not dissing. He should have at least been good. I'm just saying he was there as a, as a. Vince, that was mine too. Just to play the linebackers was the big storyline for me. And just how it was puzzling. Like to see Maris Lufau regress, to see JD Bertrand regress. I thought Jack Kaiser finished the year off on a pretty strong note in three of the last four games. I think it's, Pretty against Navy, pretty good against BC, pretty good against uh, against uh, South Carolina. But they kind of limited how they used him late yeah. in the year too. They weren't using him in coverage as much, which is smart. They were using him to attack, and that's he's pretty good actually that way. When he's able able to run stunt and blitz off the edge, he had a big tackle for loss in the backside of a run in the game, and and they limited his snaps and used him specifically. And that's kind of where he should be because he just he doesn't have the range, length, and stuff to do some of those things. But like Maris Lufau still playing. As much as he did, even in the bowl game, I just was like, I'm sorry. I just, I can't, I can't be with you there. And yeah, look, we talked a lot about Maris before the season because, I mean, you'd see him in practice. You're like, man, this guy is, this guy's athletic. You know, this guy brings a lot to the table. He's rangy. He's explosive. You hear from all the sources about how good he is and all this. And then it gets to games and you're just like, I don't know what he's doing. Yeah. Like, I have no clue what he's doing. And it was just very, it was very weird to me. You know, to see him now, he didn't, you know, he played 44 snaps. We did see some of the other linebackers. I mean, Jack only had 31 snaps. We saw 17 from June, from, from Jalen Sneed, 13 from Prince Colley, 24 from Junior Two Alamac as a, as a Viper. I'm sorry, Maris Lewifow getting 44 snaps and Prince Colley only getting 13. First of all, I don't think that's a pro football focus number. I don't think that's accurate. I could swear I saw Prince Colley out there more than 13 snaps. Me too. But that's still, even if it's 20, 25 that's still too much of a gap i'm sorry and i know he missed some time and bowl prep and all that but it it, it, my optimism for them really opening up the linebacker battles next year was diminished by how that played out because yeah and then maris did the bowl game exactly what he's done all year even when he's there to make a play he has a face mask you know instead of it being a tackle for loss he has a face mask he did that against navy yes you know and it's just like where's your instincts for football man like it just it's frustrating because, you know, but he wasn't alone. Just how that whole position was used all year was very puzzling. And it was just an example of what happens when you think it's all about the scheme and not about teaching kids how to play. Right. And that that was the frustrating thing for me. Let's wrap this up, this part of it up, Vince, with the most outstanding player for the Notre Dame defense this season. Let's roll, Vince, because we are going to have a little bit of a – we are going to have a, a – you, I see you changed your pick on that one. What do you mean? So, what are you talking about? It's right yeah. there. <laughs> I don't know what yeah, you're talking about. Yeah. 
I see you've changed your pick, and we're now on the same page. Who is the most outstanding defensive player for Notre Dame in 2022? Again, it is not my intention to give this award to the same guy over and over again. But at the same time, we also have to be realistic. And if we're talking about and, – and I changed my most outstanding for both offense and defense. as During I was trying, the show. Yes. <laughs> as I was, originally had Estime and Foskey. You did. The Foskey pick would have been fine. I would, I would have been, been fine with that. Yeah, yeah, but I'm sorry when you're talking about the guy who's above head and shoulders and all these different, you know – descriptors that you were using it's ben morrison i mean he was the most outstanding he had the biggest plays in the biggest moment he was the best player on the defense he just was as a 18 year old kid he was the best one yeah he's the most outstanding period it's hard to argue that i mean you could make a case for foskey production wise foskey was their most productive player 14 tackles for loss 11 sacks yeah but you know benjamin also did you know, productive wise was, was really good. I mean, he was in the nat, he was in the national conversation for most interceptions, you know, finished tied for third right now at six uh, this season and, and finished 23rd in, in uh, return yards. He had to pick six. So he, he was very, very productive. It's just, for me, it comes down to, cons- here's, here's why Benjamin gets it over, over Isaiah for me. Cause Isaiah tied for fifth in sacks. Right. And, and if you go sacks per game, he was fifth as well. So it's not just, you know, because he didn't he didn't play the last game. But it was, to me, it was consistency of production. Isaiah, like Benjamin never had the kind of game like Isaiah had against Stanford, which was just awful. Yeah. Just, I mean, you needed him to be big and he wasn't. It was the consistency, but then also he made even more big plays than, than I, he did for this defense this year, Vince, what Isaiah did for the defense last year. Like in 2021, when a play needed to be made, Isaiah made it. I mean, he 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 was going to step up and make that. He was so clutch last year. Yes, he was. That's what Benjamin was this year. Beyond the production and the, just the overall play, he was clutch this year for Notre Dame. Well, Foskey almost ups. won the Oregon, the Oregon State game, or I mean, sorry, the Oklahoma State game. You know, at that play at the end, the, yeah. the strips. I mean, all the different. I mean, you're right. right. When a big play needed to be made, he made it. We had him against USC. He had him. I mean, he just all year. It just when he when they needed a play, he made it. Yeah, blocking punts. You know, I mean, in in the last couple of years, three years really, because he had a block in 2020 as well. But I'm going Benjamin Morrison is the most outstanding. I, I mean, it's really a two horse race. It's one of those two guys. It's Morrison or Foskey, and I think people could make a case for Foskey. Because he also, had some, I mean, he had a big sack against Cal late in the game. I mean, he, he he didn't completely disappear from the big game moments, but he just wasn't cons- as consistent as he needed to be. And I think part of this too, Vince, is is if we're being honest, I think part of this is too is 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 expectation factors in a little bit. I mean, it, it, we'd be lying. I think at least I'd be lying. I don't want to speak for you, but I'd be lying a little bit if I didn't say part of my feeling about Foskey is is that I expected him to be to be better, not necessarily more productive. Yeah, but just. Better. I, more more impactful for me. Like I, I expected him to be more impactful mm-hmm. in, in games. So that that's it for me too. So that that is the uh offense and defense, Vince. But we we do have a an award we want to hand out for special teams, and I want to kind of get into who was the best specialist for Notre Dame this year. Who was the most impactful specialist for Notre Dame this year? The, this one honestly was easy for me. Uh now there there is a case to be made. I will say there is a case to be made for Brandon Joseph. As much as I was knocking him, but he was number 12 in the country in punt mm-hmm. returns, which Notre Dame couldn't even sniff sure. a punt return situation. It's partly because in, teams just I, don't return punts anymore I, that much, right? I get it. I'm just right. saying he was in the conversation. It was a very short conversation. Yes, because it's, it's, it's whole it's you gotta John, be there the whole year. Yeah, right? It's John Sott. I mean, he the way he was able to flip the field on numerous occasions, I, I just thought that him coming in and again you're a punter you don't have to have chemistry and all of that with your teammates and things like that but he was able to come in and he just solidified that spot because look Notre Dame lost a really good punter to the transfer portal and they replaced him with an even better punter in my opinion a more consistent punter more more consistent for sure and so I think John Saad did a great job better than I anticipated that he would do uh, if I'm being honest I mean he he had a big leg when he needed it he pinned teams when he needed to I'm sure a lot of that had to do with Brian Mason, but if you can punt, you can punt. If you can't, you can't. And this kid can punt. So I, I go with John Sod. It's a good one. It's an interesting one. I think there's a couple different directions you I could go with this. Uh, John Sot would have been an easy one. I'm going to go a little outside the box a little bit. I'm going to go Prince Colley. 
and 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 I look at him and I see a kid who who was you know good in coverage, really good at getting down the field in coverage. He had a huge block in the in the season, and he also had a huge. Obviously, the scoop and score on the punt return was big. So I, he had some big impactful moments. I think so. I wanted to go somewhere from the coverage unit. I thought Jordan Patelho was very good in the coverage unit. Yeah, had a big block. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, as far as just the top specialist, as far as kicker, punter, snapper. It's a John Sott, Michael Vinson conversation. Yes. And I think Michael Vinson deserves a lot of credit here because he doesn't, he can't kick it or, or punt it. But can you name a time this year where the punt wasn't money this year? The snap. Yeah. Yeah. The snap I, wasn't money where it wasn't right where it needed to be. Short or long snaps. Or high. Or, I mean, it was yeah. just always bam, it was right there. It's one of the yeah. most consistent snappers I've ever seen. He deserves a lot, deserves a lot of credit for that. But the job John Sott did was outstanding this year, Fence. You're absolutely correct. I mean, he he was so steady. And, you know, every punter is going to have one here or there that you're like, dude, come on now. You got to do better than that. But for mm-hmm. the most part, Vince, he was so steady. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, the Zach Yoakum kid was really good on kickoffs this year. I mean, outside of field goal kicking, the specialists were really outstanding this year. I agree. Zach Yoakum was really good. Michael Vinson was phenomenal as Vincent's a snapper coming back the, yeah the coverage units were good uh it was a really it was a really good group i'd say prince collie and jordan patel were, were the two best guys for me from a impact in the in the coverage units and the attack units and things like that uh isaiah foskey had two blocks this yeah, year as well foskey credit there too. you know um but i just think those are the guys that all they all deserve a little bit of credit in some capacity for me and, and bo bauer would have been there in the conversation if he doesn't get hurt sure I mean, there's no doubt. He blocked the punt this year as well. In in what did he play half a year? Right? How many games did Bo play this year? year? Did he? He played five games. Didn't so, he play half a year? Not even half. And, and still had an impact. So I I just uh, just loved what I saw from the special teams units this year. There's no question, no yep. doubt about it. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.